Welcome back to the Father's House. My name is Pastor John, and I have the privilege of joining with you today as we continue our Jesus Everyday series, our look at what it's like to walk with Jesus every day and have him show himself through us. Before we jump into the message, I just got a couple things I want to go over with you, some exciting things that are coming up. Listen, if this is your first time joining us, or maybe it was last week at our Stay at Home Sunday event where you joined with us, can I ask that you would subscribe to our Father's House SD YouTube channel so you can get all the notifications and updated videos that we're dropping every single week. I also want to let you know that there's three ways that we gather. You're doing one right now, gathering in your home or at one of our house churches is another way. And then finally, we're gathering in person. And here it is, inside. That's right. The Father's house is going in the house today, starting on the 21st of March. Uh, California uh, is back in the red tier, which means our gathering restrictions are loosened. And we're still going to have an outside option. If you feel more comfortable sitting outside, uh, you will have that option as well to enjoy the service, but everything's going to be socially distanced. And we're just so excited to have everyone back inside the house just in time for the biggest celebration of the year. You guys remember last year, right? We celebrated Good Friday and Easter Sunday in our own house. Well, we want to invite you to celebrate Easter weekend at the Father's house. And we want to encourage you to invite everybody that you know. Our Good Friday service is going to be pretty incredible. And we're going to have it at, at just kind of a focusing on the seven sayings of Jesus. We're going to look at all the things that, that Jesus did to die for us to take our place on that cross. We're going to have communion together. It's going to be a powerful time, just a one-hour service. And then, of course, Easter Sunday at 9 and 11. We're going to have uh, our kids, our house kids have been working on something pretty special for us. We're going to have an amazing time in worship and in the word. We're going to have a food truck after both services and just a time for us to celebrate the fact that our God is alive and he is here. And you know, it's been interesting because obviously we have gone through a whole year of being apart. Many of us have stayed at home for our own safety. And I feel like for the next season, as restrictions are now loosened up and we can gather more people inside the building, Let's just come together like never before. I, there's people in the 9 o'clock that don't know the 11 o'clock. People in the 11 o'clock that don't know the 9. So for a season, I want us to just have one service. So the weekend after Easter, April 11th, we're going to come together for community. That's really what Sundays are about. You have community in, in your house. You have community in your house church. And we want to continue to encourage and strengthen our community of faith with the Father's House family. So we encourage you, 10 o'clock, come full house kids for our for your children. And then at 11 o'clock, we're going to have what we're calling table talk. We're right after the service, we're going to have a chance to dig a little bit deeper into that word and just build relationships with each other. I'm looking forward to what God is going to do in that special time. And all of these things from Good Friday to Easter to all the things that God has done over this last year while we were uh, dealing with COVID and a worldwide pandemic, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your worship to the Lord through your finances. We're just so thankful for your support, continued support, and the different ways that you give, whether it's uh, mailing it in or through the TFH app or PushPay. However it is that you're giving, we know that it's worship unto the Lord and we just want you to know how thankful we are for partnering with us as we bring the word of God to the world around us. Let's pray. 
God, we just thank you for the opportunity to, in this season of Easter, to celebrate that you are a resurrected Lord. We're not talking to the air right now. We are talking to you. We want to thank you for how you provided for everything that we have needed for this entire year, God, all of the ups and all of the downs, God, for all the places, God, where our heart has leaned in to put our trust in you, you have never failed us. And we want to thank you for your faithfulness as we prepare our heart for your word today. In the name of Jesus, amen. It's so good to be back with you today, and I hope you've been enjoying this Jesus Everyday series as much as I have our whole goal is to look at Galatians 5 and see that the attributes that we see called the fruit of the Spirit, that's what we'll see in our lives when we're walking with Jesus every day of our lives in every situation. And recently we just finished in our life journal reading going through the book of Galatians. And again, I was just stunned by one of our kind of core Christian verses in our faith, Galatians 2 verse 20. This might be familiar to you. I am crucified with Christ, Paul writes. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in faith the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Now, I, I really clued in on, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And if you've been a Christian as long as I have, I grew up in the church, it's easy to begin to just kind of read over that and lose the power of the fact that Paul is saying, Jesus is inside of us. Just let that sink in. Jesus inside of me, Jesus inside of you. Yes, the same Jesus that we read about that, that opens blind eyes and, and turns water into wine and resurrects Lazarus from the dead and, and, and died for our sins and rose from the dead as we're about to celebrate on Easter. That same Jesus lives inside of us. If we have repented, if we have surrendered our lives to the Lord, it's no longer we who live, but the very life of Jesus is in us through the Holy Spirit. Now, this is, this is an amazing thing because that means everywhere that we go, everything that we do, we go there with Jesus. And so as we look at these final three examples of the fruit of the Spirit, this is what Jesus looks like every day. The, other, the, the first three, love and joy and peace, is kind of our vertical relationship with the Lord. It's how you and I are able to minister to the Lord and what we receive from the Lord. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness. That's kind of our horizontal, the fruit of the spirit as we relate to each other. But the final three that we're going to look at today is kind of the internal. This is the fruit of the spirit that regardless of our circumstances around us, this is something that we got to work on the inside of us. And that's why this first point says, Jesus on the inside looks like faithfulness when I want to give up. We just celebrated the ominous anniversary of the one year of COVID and the worldwide pandemic. And, and there was probably many times when you felt like giving up, right? Maybe, maybe you even did, but you're here. And I'm glad you are because our God is always faithful, even when we're not. And Jesus inside of us, he always remains faithful, even when we are faithless. And kind of picture it like this, this candle here. There has been so many things that have tried to blow out, right? Your faith have tried to keep you 
from being able to stay that light in the darkness and yet you held firm. And I love I love James because the book of James is talking about a people in transition. They weren't in a pandemic. They were in persecution. They were being spread all over the place because they're being persecuted for their faith. And so when you read through the book of James, you find something that pertains to what it is that you and I are going through just in the massive levels of change in the great unraveling of 2020 and now 2021. Look what he says here in James chapter 1, verses 5 through 6. If any of you lacks wisdom, I'm using the Amplified here because I really love how it breaks it down for us. If any of you lacks wisdom, that's me, right? I'm raising my hand. I've got so many things that I'm facing now that I really need the wisdom of God for. If any of you lacks wisdom to guide him through a decision or a circumstance, he is to ask of our benevolent God who gives to everyone generously, Look at that. And without rebuke or blame, and it will be given to him. But he must ask for wisdom in faith without doubting God's willingness to help. For the one who doubts is like a a billowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the wind. So Jesus on the inside looks like faithfulness, one I want to give up, and usually we want to give up when we don't know what to do. When we feel overwhelmed by the billowing seas, by the waves that are tossing our faith to and fro, and God is saying all you have to do is cry out to him, and he's going to hear you. But when you cry, out you have to believe that he's going to answer you he's such a generous god did you guys catch that he's not going to correct you he's not going to say how dare you ask me for help if you feel like giving up if if the flame of your faith is about to go out call out to the lord in faith knowing that first of all he's not going to condemn you he's going to come to you speaking of waves it reminds me of of when i was in uh, Laguna Beach. I was just out there kind of swimming in the waves and, and I was just having a really good time. It was while I was back in college and and I wasn't paying any attention to the fact that the current was strong. And guess what else I didn't pay any attention to? The red flags that said, there's a strong current. Don't go out and swim. Oh, and by the way, there's no lifeguard on duty. Yeah, I mean, come on. I know how to swim. What's the big deal? Right. So in my arrogance and my frivolity of the moment, I wasn't paying any attention to the fact that I was now being pulled out past the breakers. And pretty soon I noticed that my wife was standing on the shore, was looking smaller and smaller. And so I'm like, I should should probably start swimming back. So I, I start swimming back and I'm not going anywhere. In fact, I'm getting pulled out. So I start getting, you know, my, my heart starts pumping a little bit more. I start swimming back a little bit harder. And of course, any surfer or swimmer, you know that I was already doing it wrong. You're supposed to go sideways instead of straight in. I didn't pay any attention to that either. And so I am paddling my hardest now, right? And, and I am running out of strength. And pretty soon that panic, which actually stills the oxygen in your lungs, it actually caused my, my muscles to begin to ache. And I started really being afraid to the point where I actually called and I said, help, help, because I was just being pulled out further into the water. Help, help. No, there's no lifeguard on duty. And so one of my friends runs up all the way up the the cliff to try and go get help. My wife is standing there wondering, you know, and she's praying for me. And then I see this guy on the other side of the beach sprint over and dive in. And before I know it, he's right next to me swimming. And I'm like, help me, help me. I'm out of breath. I, I I can't keep going. And he's like, yes, you can. I'm a lifeguard. 
and I'm going to help you get back. And, he, and I'm like, can, can, can you just hold me? He's like, no, no, because you'll pull me down with you. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to coach you all the way back, but you have to pay attention to my voice. And I'm getting tossed by the waves as one set of waves after another comes up. And so this guy coaches me slowly back in. He's like, all right, another wave is coming. Hold your breath. Rolls over me. And he says, okay, now we've got a, a breather now. Just begin to paddle. And I would say, I can't. I don't have any strength left. And he would just coach me patiently, faithfully, all the way through. And I just kept my eyes on my wife on the shore. And he was like, just keep looking at her. You're going to get there. And every time my, like my lungs felt like they were going to burst, I felt like I had my, my arms were just lead weights. And every time I, another wave would come and roll me over, he would say, we're going to get there. Just listen to my voice. Just trust me. And finally, that shore got closer and closer. And I just remember that feeling when I was actually able to get some footing for my feet in the sand. And I was that felt the firmness of the land. And nothing had felt more wonderful than that. And my breath is heaving. I'm breathing in deep breaths of air. And I look around and that guy was gone. Like we looked all over for him. I don't know who that was. To this day, I think it might have been an angel. But whether it was an angel or just simply God's provision to save my life, the truth is, is that billowing waves caused me to want to give up. But it was the voice of that lifeguard that got me back to shore. I think some of us need that right now. The Jesus inside of us looks like faithfulness when I want to give up. Christ's leadership in my life is proof of Christ's lordship over my life. God wants to lead you through the waves that you're facing right now. They, they haven't stopped just because we're in the red tier now in California. The waves are going to keep coming. And some of us feel like we have no strength left. And let me tell you, just like that, that lifeguard there, God's not going to do the work for you, but he's going to be there every step with you. And so my, my question for our community builder discussion, question for your house church, for your family this week is where have you given up that God is just getting started? Where can you move from tossing to training by obeying his voice? God really wants to speak to that situation right now. And just like I know I wouldn't have made it to that shore without that lifeguard, I know that you can make it to the shore. Your light can keep burning as long as, like James says, you ask for wisdom, believing by faith that he will answer you. So that's what it looks like, faithfulness with Jesus on the inside. It looks like uh, when I want to give up, God's not going to give up on me. Secondly, Jesus on the inside looks like gentleness when I want to get even. And I know Christians aren't supposed to feel that way, right? We're not supposed to want to get even with people. But let's just be honest. We have all felt that numerous times, probably especially over the pressure of this last year. Some of us just absolutely incensed at the double standards, uh, the ridiculous rules, the, the sense of, of politicizing of every single thing. I have seen so much anger in God's people. People have been getting angry at Christians. Christians have been getting angry at each other. There's just so much vitriol in the age of rage and that we need the fruit of gentleness in our lives and Jesus on the inside in his still small voice he's telling us there's a different way to respond to the pressure around you James puts it this way in James 1 19 through 20 understand this my beloved brothers and sisters let everyone be quick to hear 
that's not you know just being quiet until they're done talking. That's to be a careful, thoughtful listener, slow to speak, a speaker of carefully chosen words. <laughs> Boy, could we use that a lot more often before we respond in an email or a phone call or online? And here's the here's the kicker: slow to anger, patient, reflective, and forgiving. For the resentful, deep-seated anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, that standard of behavior which he requires from us. Jesus on the inside looks like gentleness when we want to get even. What are you saying, John, we can't get angry? No, this word for gentleness is, another word is meekness. And meekness isn't weakness. It's getting angry at the right time for the right reasons in the right way. Now, a lot of Christians have been super angry at the double standards and the way that we've been treated, and yet we've called that righteous anger, and yet I, I, it's anything but righteous. It's, it's like James says here, it has not produced the righteousness of God. It has actually pushed people away from God rather than showing him the gentleness of our God. Aren't you guys glad that God was gentle with us? When we were sinners, he called us. And in this day of, of polarization and tribalism, amplified by new technologies and online platforms, no one is listening. Everyone is talking. We have a noise fatigue. And we, if as Christians, we should not be contributing to that. Instead, we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Jesus inside of us. In fact, that, that was the whole goal of our 40 days of prayer is to ask this question, Jesus, what are you doing in this high pressure situation that we find ourselves in in our culture? What are you doing in this high pressure situation at work? What are you doing in this high pressure situation at my home? Because here's the deal. We, talk, we call it righteous anger, but the only time I see Jesus really getting angry, it's not with the world. They, of course, are going to act like sinners because they haven't found salvation in Christ yet. Jesus gets angry at the religious, at the leaders, who are supposed to be showing the fruit of the Spirit and faithfulness and gentleness, and instead are making putting more burdens on the shoulders of those that are looking for hope. It's really, really important that you and I uh, understand this community builder discussion question. Are the words coming out of our mouth through our computer, on our phone, the words of Jesus? If Jesus is inside of us, like Galatians 2.20 says, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Can I just ask myself this question? Is that how Jesus would have said that? If Jesus was posting right now a reaction or a response, is that how Jesus would have said that? I've just noticed a lot of Christians kind of passively posting reactions to different things that make them angry. Jesus was never passive in his communication. It was always purposeful and it was always unto drawing people back to God, producing that fruit of righteousness through the fruit of gentleness. And, and I think we need to make sure that our words are, are building up and not tearing down. I'm reminded of that, that word in Isaiah 42 verse 3 where he says, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. Now, maybe you're not understanding that because it's kind of this Old Testament language, but the idea here is uh, every reader in, in Isaiah would have understood. The idea of a bruised reed would be kind of like a walking stick would be another way of looking at it. And you're leaning on this walking stick and all of a sudden it gives out from under you. It breaks and the splinter goes through into your hand. Well, what do you do with a, a, a walking stick like that? 
Well, you break it over your knee and you throw it away. Someone who has let you down, someone that you were leaning on over this last year that has let you down, someone, maybe a leader in your life that you put expectations in and they let you down, our immediate response is going to be break that relationship, throw it away. But that's not how God responds to those who make mistakes. No, he says a bruised reed he will not break. In fact, he will heal. What about a smoking flax? Well, in those days, just like this candle here, there would be this sense of a wick that was not uh, trimmed, would actually just kind of uh, provide a dim light. It would be fluctuating, irritating the eyes, and would be filled with smoke. And so if you had a, a wick like that, a smoking flax, guess what they would do? They would go like this and, and put that out, right? And And Jesus is saying, but we can't do that to others because God didn't do that to us, did he? Even while we had turned from him, even when we were discouraged and, and we, even when we, we absolutely fell into sin and our faith was barely there, did he extinguish us? No, he didn't. He called us back to himself through what? The gentleness of his spirit. There have been more burnout pastors over this past year um, than in a long while. It's not just in, in pastoral ministry, but it's in all kinds of areas of employment. As everybody has tried to keep going during this pandemic, The according to a recent article in the Harvard Business Review, burnout is a function of high responsibility low control and low rewards high responsibility you you know what that feels like low control right we've had no control over covid and low rewards and and i've known pastors in fact a friend of mine just just quit his his ministry and, and we talk often and and I, I didn't even know he was thinking about doing this and and he had come to his leaders in his church and he had tried to bear his soul and he was a smoking flax and 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 he was a bruised reed and and instead of of breathing on that flame and encouraging him and saying here's what we can do on that that level of burnout for him trying to just pastor well through this crazy year he instead got a harsh response and he left the ministry and i know god is going to restore him and i know that god is going to lead him but it broke my heart because if that's happening to a pastor, how much more do we need to be gentle with those that maybe don't even know God, are just about, are just about to go out? How much do we need to be that gentle response, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry? Because that's Jesus on the inside. When we want to get even, he says, no, you be gentle. And here's the truth. When we feel alone, when we're feeling out of energy, when we feel like that bruised reed or that smoking wick, guess what happens? That's usually when we fall into sin. And that's where the third and final fruit comes in. Jesus on the inside looks like self-control when I want to give in. 
Remember, this is where we all started here. When we want to give in, is it, when we want to give in to sin, we're just like, I'm done. I'm done trying to be better. I've, I've, I've gone this entire year. I deserve a break. No one even cares, right? Whatever those, those lies are that are going through our head, guess what they lead to? Well, Galatians 5, remember, tells us this. This is where we started in verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, there it is again, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's important to note that Paul is writing to a church when he's listing all of those things. Yeah, it's possible for Christians to follow their flesh even after they have given their lives to Christ. Yeah, it's, a, it's why we need the fruit of self-control. Because if we are not surrendering control of self to Jesus on the inside, then we're going to fill our insides with all of that sin, all of the cravings, all of the longings. If we try to do this by our own strength, we're not going to be able to. But... We don't have to because the Holy Spirit is inside of us. Jesus inside gives us this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. I want you to picture that. I want you to picture all of those sins that were listed there and us taking every single one of those sins and nailing them to the cross. Well, how do we do that? We, we know Galatians says there's always going to be this conflict between our flesh and our spirit. You know the struggle is real, right? But can I just encourage you, if you've been struggling between the fruit of the spirit and the fruit of the flesh, that's a good thing because, because first of all, you're human. Second of all, the fact that you are struggling means you're hearing from God. Christ's leadership in my life is proof of Christ's lordship over my life. You know, I think about the fact that, you know, when that hot sign is on, right, at Krispy Kreme, it just calls my name. And my boys, you know, they, they have this metabolism right now. They could eat a, eat a dozen donuts and they'd be totally fine. I eat one donut and immediately my, my pants are tighter, right? So how do we keep from saying yes to the hot sign, right? All of those things that were listed, the desires of the flesh. That's like the hot sign blinking. It's calling your name. It's saying you deserve one. Go ahead and have one. No, while you're at it, why don't you have a dozen? How do we say no to that? By finding our strongest yes. When you can find your strongest yes, the no's become easier. It doesn't become easy. It just becomes easier. So how do I say no to... To, chick, to um, the Krispy Kremes, how do I say no to that? By saying yes to the fact that I want to look good for my wife who looks so good. By saying yes to the fact that I want to be able to be comfortable in my jeans. By saying yes to the fact that I want to be healthy. And so I can say, yeah, I can say yes to those things. And then the, then the focus becomes on the positive rather than the negative. I love how Paul lists all of those negative things, but he asks us to focus on the positive fruit of the Spirit. It's kind of like if you're struggling with lust, right? And you're saying, I don't want to think bad thoughts. It's, it's like that old example of saying, hey, don't think about the pink elephant. Immediately, what's in your mind right now? The pink elephant. 
right? So if we're just tr constantly trying to do behavior modification, we're going to miss out on the fact that this is about spiritual transformation. Jesus inside of us. Focus on your strongest yes. If it is lust, if it is perversion, if you're having a, a problem with pornography or, or any, anything in that way, what's your strongest yes in that? What's your yes to purity? I want to remain pure for my spouse. I have made a covenant with my eyes. I'm, I'm making a strong yes to fall in love with my spouse more, to stay pure if you're single and say, I'm making a strong yes to staying pure for my God, to finding my satisfaction in him and him alone. You see the flip there? Now we're focusing on what it is that God is producing in us through the fruit of self-control. Self-control is a surrender of the control of self. And so that's our final discussion question here. Is that when you and I are able to do this, we're able to surrender control of self, finding our strongest yes. And here's what happens when we do. Is that God, the fruit of his spirit, begins to light the way and that flame that had gone out, maybe because of sin, maybe because of temptation, maybe because of the struggle of this past year, guess what? That light is going to shine brighter than ever before. And of course, our strongest yes starts with saying yes to Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you can say yes to him right now. If it's been a long time since you have followed Jesus and your life has been that back and forth wave, let me tell you, the lifeguard is jumping in and he wants to coach you back to shore, back to faithfulness through his gentleness and the self-control to be able to live the life he called you to. You want to say yes to the Lord right now? Let's do it together. Jesus, we just say yes to you. We thank you for your spirit that is moving right in that room, right where they're at right now. Maybe they're watching it on their phone or their laptop or their TV, wherever it is that they're at. God, I thank you that you are speaking directly to them. And we say, you are our strongest yes. We can spend our life trying to say no and failing over and over again. Or we can say yes to you and say, Jesus, live inside of me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead. Thank you for forgiving my sins and setting me free from a life of shame or getting tossed by temptations and waves. God, would you forgive us for any place where we have been angry, God, where we have been uh, quick, God, to get angry and slow to listen. I thank you, God, for the gentleness of your spirit, even bringing us back to healing right now for the places where we have been bruised and broken and torn and weary your spirit would refresh and renew us even now we say yes to you jesus and all that you have for us may the fruit of your spirit be evident in our lives today in your name we pray amen well thank you so much for joining us again today and listen whether you just prayed that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time can you just text the word prayer to 760-334-5533? We want to be able to connect with you. If you just said yes to Jesus, you can also text the word yes to 760-334-5533. And we want to be able to give you a Bible. We want to be able to help you in your first steps in your walk with God. You don't have to do it alone. And listen, what you just prayed... We're going to be celebrating on Easter. It's only two weeks away, and we can't wait to celebrate with you. A Good Friday service on April 2nd, and then on April 4th, our Easter Sunday service. Can't wait to see you there.
God bless. Thank you.